Amen. Give someone a high five then. Praise the Lord. Wow, awesome. I'm just loving being in the presence of God. Just so good. Amen. How many? I am blessed. How many know you're blessed? You're blessed. A lot of people don't know what that means. This is something they say in church, you know, and I want to help you get an understanding and a handle on it. I want to uh, welcome those who are watching online. If you're watching online overseas or wherever you are in the world, we're just so glad to have you join us. If you're watching from a home, we're glad to have you join us and uh, let the Word of God just flow like a river and touch you. And at the end of the meeting, why don't you let the Holy Spirit come and minister to people, minister to you. If you're on your own, God wants to touch you where you are and minister to you right there. And I know the Lord will help you through this message. It's going to open your eyes to some things. Okay, I want to share a message called uh, Blessing or Bondage, You Get to Choose. How about that? Blessing or Bondage, You Get to Choose. Some people look at others and say, man, they're so blessed. You're so blessed. Why? Well, there's always a reason. You know, God's got no favorites. The Bible all throughout tells us God has no favorites. So if there's someone who's blessed and they're enjoying blessing in their life, whatever that is, then the the reality is they're doing something you're not doing. And the Bible tells us very clearly that the secret life we have with God results in an overflow that's visibly seen. Mostly people just look at the overflow that's visibly seen, say, I wish I had that. Rather than saying, the better question is, What did you do to move to that place? And where did you start from? And you see, you've got to ask the right kind of question. So let's have a look in in Galatians chapter 3, verse uh, 13 and 14. And uh, the first thing I want to share just, we want to talk a little bit about then, about being blessed. And then I want to show that blessing has a purpose. And if you don't understand the purpose for blessing, you'll end up in bondage again. Oh, it got quiet then. <laughs> okay, so blessings. So let's have a look at blessing. Blessings and curses are real. Look at this in, in Galatians 3.13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So that, so he set us free from that, that cursing, in order that the blessing of Abraham, whatever that refers to, might come upon the Gentiles in Christ and that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. So notice there it mentioned curses, it mentions blessings. And it tells us this, it says, Jesus has redeemed us from curses and positioned us for blessings. The word redeem means to pay a ransom. It means to pay a price to set a captive free. It means to go to the market and pay the full exchange needed to purchase something. And Jesus did this with his life. He has redeemed us from cursing and positioned us for blessing. So we see the... Obviously then, if he gave up his life to set you free from curses, curses must be real. They must be a spiritual reality. If he gave up his life so that you could walk in blessing, then whatever blessing is, it's a spiritual reality. And when you're walking in it, things happen in your life that are very good. When you're walking and there are curses operating in your life, there are things happening that are very bad. And one of the sad things I find is that people often live in bondage and they don't realize what is going on or what's happening. And then the day they understand what Christ has done and position themselves to be free, their life immediately starts to take a new trajectory, a new course. 
Get the idea? So they're realities. Second thing is, so we ask them, what then is a curse? Let me just define it for you. Uh, the word to curse is a, is, a, is a verb. It's a doing word. Word curse is also a, a, a noun. Here's what the word to curse someone. To curse someone means to speak against them in such a way that you activate and release hostile, destructive spirits against them. Let me say that again. To curse someone is to speak words against them that releases hostile, destructive, demonic spirits that oppose them and destroy what they're trying to build. So the purpose of a curse is that misfortune and adversity will attach to someone. It's like you're living life in a headwind or going uphill all the way. No matter how hard you try, just when you should succeed, you fall over and something goes wrong. I won't go into all the signs of that. I, I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on walking and, and the purpose of the blessing. So that's, that is, that, that's a cursing. So a curse then, is a, it's a cycle of failure and oppression. It's, it's, a, it's a whole cycle of things that keep happening in your life that just stop you succeeding and getting ahead. Just when you should get ahead, you get defeated. And the thing about a curse is it'll operate until it's broken. So once a curse is in place, it's operating till it's broken. Some of you, you are living with spiritual pressure that undermines your success in life. And you don't even know that it's there because it's been in your family for generations and no one discovered it and no one stood up and fought against it. And that's one of the things God calls you to do. He calls you to be set free from that and then to walk and set up a different legacy for the future. I'll show it in scripture in a moment. So then what is a blessing? So we get the idea of a blessing. A blessing, of course, is exactly the opposite. So to bless someone, what does it mean? I'll bless you. We hear that kind of statement. Often people say it's pretty empty. <laughs> bless you, brother. Now listen, you, you need to be more intentional and understand what to bless someone means. It means to speak words over them that releases God's presence and his power and favor that benefits the person. So to bless someone is to speak words that add value to them, that add honor to them. One of the things that disturbs me a lot in schools today and in some cultures is the terrible use of words to destroy people through abusive name calling. When people do that, they are unleashing curses on their children, on their friends, on their schoolmates, on their, on their family, whoever it is. I've, I've seen it, and it's just distressing when you realize that God desires that parents be a blessing, that they bless their children. God gives you power as a parent to speak words. The words of a father carry weight to bless and encourage and impart strength into their child. I am with you. I believe in you. That is blessing your son or your daughter. Any idea? Okay. So, we, so blessing. So, the, so, so blessing is to release favor and add value to a person's life. It's to release the, God's presence over their life. Uh, the word blessing means God's favor or a blessing in a person's life gives you cycles of success and advantage in life. 
So it's very important what a blessing is. So, so God's favor resting on a person, God's favor resting on a person gives them great advantages in life. So blessings can be spiritual and blessings can be physical. What is a spiritual blessing? Spiritual blessing would be peace. To have peace in the midst of a troubled world, a troubled community is a great blessing. What about joy? Joy is a blessing from God. To have joy when everyone around you is serious, depressed, and worried about what's happening is a great blessing. It's a great blessing to be a joyful person. Think about it. Joyful people are attractive people. You know, <laughs> there is. So, so it can be very. Uh, what about hope? Hope, God of all hope. So God can impart hope into you. So no matter what it's looking like, your outlook for the future is great. So everyone looks at you and they say, oh man, you've gone through such stuff. And you say, but God is with me. I can see what is coming. It's all good for me. See, hope, hope. That these are, so spiritual blessings are very real. You find someone who's got joy in their heart and peace in their heart and hope in their life, they stand out. You, they talk different. So, so, so it's a reality in a person's life. A spiritual blessing is a reality working in their life. It's God's hand on them, helping them and putting strength into their life. Resilience is a spiritual blessing. The ability to bounce back again when you've had a setback. So th these are some examples of spiritual blessings. And of course, there are physical blessings. You get a house, a car, or you have a great job, or you've got status. So there are some things which are external, but external things can move and shift and change. What counts is that you become aligned with the source of blessing, and no matter what's happening externally, you are doing great. Think about that. Think about that. See? <laughs> okay then, all right then. So, so example, give an example of a guy like that. How about this? What if you were betrayed by your brothers, they talked about killing you, and in the end they sold you to slave traders, and you ended up in another nation, in a foreign country, and you're stripped naked, put on a marketplace, and sold as a slave, and ended up in a, as a slave in someone's house. That would seem to be, you would consider that to be really bad luck. I mean, that's really bad. That's really down on it. But, but look at this, look at this. Now you see, it, regardless of his circumstances, Joseph walked in blessing. Look what it says of him. Look what it says of him. It says in Genesis 39 two, it says the Lord was with Joseph. Where was he with Joseph? When he was in the hard place, when he was sold as a slave, when he was in the prison, everywhere God was with him. So when God is with you, when the presence of God is with you, you are blessed. They can take everything else away, but if they can't take the presence of God away and you're living in the presence of God, you are blessed. He will comfort you, strengthen you, help you, advise you, give you wisdom. He will provide what you need in every situation. And if your fortunes are lost, they can be restored. Can you understand? Blessing, blessing, the blessing of God. And it says, and it's, uh, he was a successful man. Genesis 39, 2, the Lord was with Joseph. He was a successful man in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw, saw the Lord was with him. How do you see the Lord is with someone? Come on, how do you see God is with someone? And there's another question. Do people see that God is with you? How does it, because it says simply, God caused everything he put his hand to, to go well. That's how he saw it. He looked, he said, man, no matter what I give him, it works out really good. He's better than every other worker I've got. Can your employer say that about you? 
So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him, and he made him in the end. He promoted and made him overseer of his house, put everything he had in his hands. See, that is the blessing of God. That's, that's God on your life, causing everything you put your hand to. Now understand, he was living and walking in the presence of God. He had the source. If you have the source, then what flows out of that is what people see. They don't see the source usually, but they can see what he does in your life. And that's what God wants to do through you. He wants you to be a river of blessing. Amen? And so the last thing is, we, before we get on to the purpose of the blessing, the last thing to see is that there is a way of accessing blessing. And blessing in the Old Testament was accessed by obeying in detail the requirements of the law. But we're under a new covenant. So we gain access to blessing through faith in Jesus Christ. We, we gain it. Remember we read in Galatians chapter uh, 3 and verse 14, it says that the blessing of Abraham, we're going to look at that in a moment, might come upon the Gentiles through faith in Christ and we would receive the Holy Spirit. So you receive the Holy Spirit as a gift. You receive the source of blessing. He helps you. He talks to you. He guides you. He gives you wisdom. He strengthens you. That's why you need a powerful Holy Ghost-filled life. When you've got a powerful Holy Ghost-filled life, you are living a blessed life. But it is faith, by faith. In other words, Jesus did the obedience. He lived the life that, that I couldn't live. He died on the cross, and now I'm positioned now that every blessing that's given to him is available to me through faith. We must be a people of faith who align our lives with the Word of God. Faith is not just all talk. Faith is a belief in the heart that shows itself in how I live out my life. And so we become blessed. We become blessed in so many different ways. I am blessed. I am blessed. Eh? So God has purposed that we be blessed. That's his desire for you. He wants you to walk in blessing. He wants you to experience his presence, live in his presence, carry his presence, and experience his favor over everything you do. And there's a reason for that. It's important we understand the reason for that. So the greatest blessing that we could have is access continually to the presence of God, the source. Because if my dad has got all the money in the world, I'm never going to be short. See? As long as I've got relationship with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> There's a trick in that, isn't there? Eh? So through faith, we have access to the blessing. So in Ephesians 1, it tells us, verse 3, he has blessed us with every blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I am blessed with every blessing. Trouble is, it's in the realm of the spirit. I got to make it manifest in the earth. And to get it to manifest in the earth, it requires, I see what Jesus has done for me. I see what he's positioned me for. I believe it and align with how that would look. Now you understand, there's a difference between I work to get something and over here, it's just the new covenant. Jesus has got it for me. I believe he's got it for me. Now I align my life and live it as though that's a reality until it flows. See, so you understand, one, you're working to try and get something to happen. That's where a lot of Christians end up. They're trying hard to get God to do something rather than saying, this is what Jesus, I am blessed with every blessing. How can I get it to manifest in my life? Through faith and alignment of my life with the word of God. 
It's not trying to make God or persuade him, bless me. He already wants to bless me. I'm blessed already. If the blessings are there, you've just got a position to access it. All that's required, since you are blessed already, is to align your life so it flows through you like a river and manifests in the earth. So moving from cursing to blessing requires a response. It is not automatic. To move your life out of bondage, out of, uh, out of uh, oppression, out of failure, and bring it into a place of blessing, it re does require something from you, that you actually respond to God's word and align with him. You alter your priorities, you alter your values, you alter the way you do life to be in agreement with what God says. Oh, it's quiet now. There's no trick to it. It's just simply, I believe God. Therefore, if God says that works, then I do that. Okay, so now there's always a purpose for blessing. And this is where I really want to go. I want to help you understand that blessing always has a purpose. God's blessing always has a purpose attached to it. Do you understand that when God does something, he doesn't do things at random. Maybe it looks at random, but it isn't. God is always incredibly intentional in what he does. So everything he does has a purpose in it. And, and so it's important that we always understand the purpose of something, otherwise you'll lose it. You'll only have it briefly. If you don't understand why something exists, what it's meant to do, then eventually you'll lose it or you'll misuse it. And so purpose, understanding the purpose of something is very important. So God's blessing has a purpose. Notice what we read in Galatians, uh, we read in Galatians 3 verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on us. Now I won't go into a lot of details on it, but I want to show you one aspect that very much relates to what Pastor Dave was sharing last week. Read it here in Genesis 12 verse 1 and 2. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, or Abram, leave your country, leave your family, leave your father's house and go to a land I will show you. What he's saying is, I want you to let go all your source of honor and protection and provision and trust me to lead you to my provision for you. It's a very big ask. He walked by faith, that's why he's the father of faith. And now this is what God said to him, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Now notice here that God is choosing Abraham, and he wants to do two things. He wants to, first of all, bless him, prosper him. In most of these Middle Eastern and Asian nations, even to today, they would recognize you are blessed if they see financial or material prosperity. It's just how it works. You poor, what kind of God do you serve? Not much good to you. And if you if, so if someone prospers, they say, whoa, who, who are you serving? You know, that's, that's the thinking and mentality, okay? So he says, now I want to bless you, and here's the purpose, and you will become a blessing to others, to the nations of the earth. Now there's the purpose right there. God blessed a man that the man might become a blessing to other people. Here's the purpose of blessing. God wants to bless you, not just because he loves you, but so you can be a representative of him in the earth and be a channel of blessing to others. That is the purpose of the blessing. He blesses you so you can represent him and be a channel of that life, that blessing through to others. If you fail to overflow and be a blessing to others, then the supply of blessing 
diminishes and decreases until you're living on next to nothing and you will return to bondage. That's where we want to go in just what I'm sharing today. I felt this is just something the Lord just has been uh, quickening to me. So God's blessings not for us. They're to reveal Christ is good. God is good. And, and they're for you to have a testimony. A testimony of how good God is, what God has done in me, what God has done through me. It's a testimony of a changed life. It's a testimony of joy. It's a testimony of peace. It's a testimony that something has changed in your life. That'll give hope to other people that they'll start to inquire, where did you get that from? So you're not to hide what God has done from you. You're to actually let people know when the opportunity presents itself and to pray and look for that opportunity. You're to be an overflow. You're to be an overflow of the life of God to others. You're to be a river that flows out. That is the design. Pastor David spoke of Ezekiel and the river in Ezekiel 47. This is what this is. It's the same message, another way of putting it. So blessing, God puts blessing, life, joy, peace into you that it might flow like a river and cause people to want and hunger for the God that we serve because he's real. Any idea? Get this in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, Now the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man that you might profit others. Notice there that God puts his Spirit in you and manifests his Spirit through you that you would be a builder, a blesser of other people. It's the intention of God that you not just receive, but you overflow and give. And it's only in the overflowing and giving you stay in the purpose of God. If all you do is focus around the blessing, you turn inward and become self-centered and the blessing begins to diminish often without you realizing it. Person wrapped up in themselves is a very small package. Think about that. Well, they're very small. Have you been around people that are just wrapped up in themselves? I be my talker. Listen to me. Let me tell you about me. And when people are like that and they're tied up in themselves, everything is about what's happening to me. It's about what's affecting me. It's all about me. And when we're like that, we're, we're actually malfunctioning. That's not how we're intended to function. Jesus pointed people to the Father. So when we fail to fulfill the purpose of God for blessing, then the blessings stop and we end up in bondage. In, uh, in Psalm 137, verse 1, you know this has turned into a song. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down. And a lot of Christians sitting down. Passive, shut down, don't engage, don't overflow, wrapped up in themselves by the rivers of Babylon. That's where you are, the rivers of bondage. There we sat down. And there we wept when we remembered Zion. We were sad, we were happy, we remembered better days. So if all your Christian walk is about remembering better days, hello, maybe you're by the wrong river. Maybe you're by the rivers of Babylon. Go out and listen to the tune again. Realize that's where I am there. I need to get out of there. I need to get back into the flow of God's river again, the spirit of God moving through me. I want the river of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so the purpose of blessing. Now, so here's the thing now. B blessing has a purpose. Now, let me show you where the purpose is first defined. We saw it explained with Abraham. I'll bless you and you'll be a blessing. 
So here it is very clearly. I'll show it to you even earlier on in the book of Genesis. Here it is in the book of Genesis and, 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 Genesis and tells you the purpose of blessing. Genesis 1:27. God created man in his own image. In other words, he made us as a representative to bear and represent what he's like. He is a blesser. In the image of God, he created a male and female, he created them. Now here it is here. And God blessed them. There it is. God blessed them. How did he bless them? He said he said to them, and he gave them two mandates. So the blessing had a purpose. So the blessing is the, is the word spoken by God that empowers people to do what God calls them to do. And he gave them two mandates. He gave them what we would call a dominion mandate, subdue and have dominion. And he gave them a fruitfulness mandate, be fruitful and fill the earth. Now, the two are connected and they're connected to the blessing. And when you don't, once you see this, you, you'll realize why if we don't stay blessing others and productive, we end up in bondage. I'll show it to you in just a moment. So first of all, you notice and he gives them a mandate. What's a mandate? Well, you're all sick of COVID mandates. A mandate's when, <laughs> mandate's when someone tells you what to do. It's pretty well what it is. So, so a mandate, it's a commander instruction. So, or, or a mandate is a command to fulfill a specific assignment. So in this case, God's mandate to them was, you have an assignment to fulfill and it's got two parts to it, a dominion mandate. Now, what is a dominion mandate? Well, the dominion mandate was subdue and have dominion. So what is he saying? He's saying that there is very real spiritual opposition to God's purpose for your life and if you're going to become fruitful, you're going to have to know how to stand up and exercise the authority he gives you and subdue spirits that come against you. It appalls me how the church of the 21st century is so ignorant about spirit realities and doesn't know how to stand up and assert authority. This is why in the marriage, God has an order of relationship, husband, the head, the wife, and the children. There's an order, a governmental order. Why? So you can fulfill dominion mandate. So you can step up because you're aligned and assert authority and shut down spirits that attack marriages and families and finances. There is a necessity of understanding we are called to assert dominion. Whatever territory God has given, the devil will seek to destroy what you have been given by God. You have to step up and learn how in prayer to assert dominion. If you don't, they walk all over you and you don't see it. Where did Adam fail? He failed to assert dominion. The devil talked to his wife and he didn't shut him up. He was silent. Like a lot of men, silent when they should be speaking. Speaking when they should be silent. <laughs> you know how it goes. So it's a mandate. So they were given authority to act as God's visible extension in the earth. They were given authority to act as sons and as a son and daughter of God. So in order for you to be able to fulfill the assignment that God has, he gives you empowerment to do it. You've just got to understand it and learn how to work in it. And it's very real because I've seen so many marriages shifted. When we taught men how to stand up and pray properly and how to occupy their position of headship. Does that make sense? Okay then, so, so that's the dominion mandate. So it, 
you have an invisible enemy, the Bible says, that circles around you day by day looking how to sabotage your life. You can't afford not to step up and stand and assert authority. But the mandate of authority, in other words, power over your enemies to subdue them, spiritual enemies, is connected to another thing. It's called the fruitfulness mandate. So they were given responsibles, responsibility to uh, uh, they were given responsibility to fill the earth, reproduce and fill the earth. Now, what were they to fill the earth with? It's not just have lots of children. It, it's more than that. Remember, they're created in the image of God. God says, I want you to produce sons and daughters of God in my image, just like you're in my image. Because this has always been the plan of God to produce sons and daughters in his image. The problem was when Adam and Eve failed to be fruitful in producing sons and daughters, when they sinned, they lost their authority and they lost their ability to be fruitful. They lost authority. They lost ability to be fruitful. God had to provide another way that he could produce sons and daughters in the earth. And that way is through faith in Jesus Christ. John 1 verse 12, to as many as received Jesus Christ, he gave authority to become a child of God. So blessing is connected to the dominion mandate and the fruitfulness mandate. God gives you authority, ability to subdue spiritual enemies, to decree blessings, to call forth life and power from heaven. But with it, he requires you be fruitful, that you be engaged with him in producing sons and daughters in the earth. And that is what's called the Great Commission. To reach people with the gospel, to overflow with the life of God and bring blessing to people. That is the mandate that's given. So here's the problem. If we fail to govern, if we fail to have dominion, if we fail to be fruitful, we'll end up in bondage. Now here's the pattern that was seen in the book of Judges. So I'm gonna just read a passage from this and show you something important, and then we're just gonna close it up. Here's the pattern in the book of Judges. Blessing can be replaced by bondage. In other words, the fact that today you're here in church enjoying blessing is no guarantee you will be next year. And you all know enough people around now to know that they were once in the flow of blessing and then they're not. That wasn't an accident. Something happened. What happened? So we see a pattern in the book of Judges. The book of Judges shows a pattern. In other words, a repeated cycle. And I won't go into details of it. I just want you to see the big picture here and so you understand what happened and why, why this happened. Judges 2.10. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, that's Joshua's generation, another generation arose after them who had no relationship with the Lord, didn't know the Lord, nor the mighty works he had done for Israel. And so what happened when they had no experiential encounter with Jesus, no experiential encounter with the power of God, what happened? It said, here's what happened. It says, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and they served Baals. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers who brought them out of the land of Egypt and they followed other gods from among, where are they? From among the gods of the people around them and they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. So what he's saying is, Instead of fulfilling God's purpose of bringing forth a godly people to him, they began to pattern their lives on the surrounding culture. 
In other words, their values were the same as the culture. The gods they worshiped were the same as the culture. They actually were indistinguishable from the culture they were in. So the church gets like that when we start to be corrupted by the culture, by the media, instead of actually renewing our mind in the word of God as to what God is requiring and wanting from each of us. And when our, guys, when our lives go down that, it says they serve the Baals and they serve the Ashtoreth. In other words, they serve the goddess of the Queen of Heaven. They come under the power of Jezebel, under controlling power of the Queen of Heaven. I see that everywhere. I see its grip all over our nation, all over churches, all over. It's like it's so visible that now every time I minister to anyone, we confront that before we go anywhere. Because if they've come into agreement with that control, they've come into agreement with the ancient gods that brought Israel into bondage. Oh, you're quiet now. <laughs> I ain't got time to develop too much. I'm just throwing some things out around that area. So I said, they forsook the Lord and served the ba Baals and Ashtoreth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. Now look at this. He delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them. He sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, and they could no longer stand. And wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity, and the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn to them, they were greatly distressed. Okay, now what is actually going on here? Notice this word sold. God sold his own people. That's a troubling statement. What does it mean? Here's, you can go back and you can find, uh, if you look into the book of Exodus, around about 20, chapter 22 and verse 3, it said that if someone incurred a debt and couldn't pay, he was sold until he could, the debt was paid. So what happened is sin is a debt. And when you build up a big enough debt, if you don't repent and bring it to the cross and deal with it with God's way, at the cross, Jesus paid the penalty, paid the debt. So every time we sin and fail, if we will just come in repentance and a humble heart and bring it to the cross, then the debt is canceled. But if we accumulate debt, if we become careless in our life, we lose that closeness with God and start to then have things happening which are wrong, eventually we will end up in the hands of our enemies. That's why people start off and they're doing well and then they compromise when God's trying to deal with stuff in their life. They allow sin to remain undealt with and then suddenly they're in bondage and don't even know. Except now, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down. The only way you know is the fruit. So if you're in the walking and the blessing, there's joy and life and there's a, there's a vibrancy and a life and an energy. But if you walk out of the blessing into bondage, you've sat down, become passive. There's no overflow. You literally become all wrapped up in yourself and in your problems. And there's a journey there. How, what was the journey there from blessing to bondage? Here it is. Number one, they forgot the source. They forgot the source. They just took it all for granted. Don't take what you have for granted. Don't take the freedom we have for granted. Don't take the blessing you have for granted. Don't take anything for granted. Don't forget your source. Stay grateful to the Lord for all he's given. Stay grateful daily for what he's given. Second thing they did was they failed in the purpose of the blessing. The purpose of the blessing was to overflow and do good to others. When you fail in the purpose, when you start to just become focused on yourself, then you're on the road to bondage. And the third thing they did was they lost the blessing and came into bondage. How about that? 
So because they, they failed to assert their authority, become productive, and be a blessing to others, God allowed them to go into the hands of their enemy. Until what? Until they had suffered enough and said, man, this is really bad. Our life used to be better than this. We need to get out of this. I think the saddest thing is to watch people go into bondage and suffer. And you can tell they're suffering. They usually go down the pub to try and forget their, their worries and whatever. But, 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 the, but the problem is they're not joyful, not happy, don't belong there. You can never belong in those places. You belong somewhere else. You belong in the family of God. You belong in the purpose of God. So how did God, how did God deal with them? So first of all, they went from bondage, a blessing into bondage. And this is how God sorted it out. Look at this. It said, uh, it said here in verse 15, when they went out, uh, so verse 16, nevertheless, in spite of all of this, God raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. So here's the thing. In spite of the fact that people who were once blessed are now in bondage, God doesn't forget them. How can he forget us? He loves us. He never forgets you. So how does God deal with it? He raised up judges. What was the judge called to do? And says the judge delivered them out of the hand of their enemies. But the judge, first of all, did this. He judged them. He actually dealt with the issue of sin. So when you walk through the book of Judges, there's this cycle. They were in blessing. They forgot God. They forgot to be a blessing. They went down into bondage. Then they cried out to God. Oh, God, help me. I'm in a mess. Help me, God. Get me out of this mess. And God heard their cry. And God sent a judge to them. And the judge said, here's where you're going wrong. You need to repent and turn back to the Lord. And when they repented and turned back to the Lord, then God anointed that judge then to deliver them from their enemies. He literally slew the enemies. I was looking at one of those battles. Now, you, you're probably following in the news about Ukraine. Everyone, you can't miss it, really. If you have a look there, there's about 150,000 Russian troops in there. About 150,000 is the number there. Well, if you look at the story of Gideon, who's one of the judges, Gideon with 300 men rescued the nation from 135,000 enemy soldiers. Almost the equivalent of the whole Russian army in Ukraine delivered them all. That that's kind of just gives you the scale of what God can do, the scale of what He can do. But bring it down to a simple thing that when we have come out of the blessing of God and we found our lives in bondage, we're wrapped up in ourself like David was. Instead of going out to war, instead of being a blessing, instead of doing what God called him to do, he stays at home. And then next thing you know, he's looking at a girl bathing. Next thing he's in adultery and murder. And before you know it, he's now in a major problem. And heartache and sorrow followed him from that day on. When we, when we stop being a blessing, we must stay being a blessing to others. We come to be blessed that we might become a blessing. So the judges, a judge will rate how, how I work with people to get them free. Every time we look at sin, we look at the debt, we look at how you got where you got. You didn't see it coming, but you got into bondage. We got to show you where you got into bondage and bring that debt to the cross. We have to judge sin and bring it to the cross. Then you can be delivered. Demons can be cast out. You can be set free of what's holding you in grip. But there's got to be that accountability to God for sin. We can't hide it. We can't move away from it let me just finish with this last passage in Isaiah 61 this one is where I'm leading to this is just I love this it is so good so the, the pattern out was one of justice deliverance and then they come into blessing now here's the thing I want you to see we'll just finish with this because God desires 
that blessing be generational. Now you have all, every one of us have received from our family of origin, we have received physical traits. We've also received within our DNA areas of blessing and areas of iniquity. It's true for everyone. For some, their families have been better than others. And for some, there are generations of iniquity and violence and corruption in the family background. For some, there has been years of physical abuse of violence. Now, the Bible talks about three to four generations. Iniquity will flow over and have an impact. Exodus 20. So if you were to trace your family back four generations, 160 years, where would that place you in history and what would they have been doing then? So many families here are struggling because in those generational background, people have served other gods, people have opened the doorway to sexual abuse, sexual violence, corruption, all kinds of physical abuse, all kinds of horrendous things. And those become a legacy in your life. They don't all go when you come to Christ. They must actually be bought to death on the cross by a representative of the family. So let me just read the passage, four verses, and then I'll just help you just see very simply. In Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening to the prison to them that are bound. Verse 3, to console or comfort those who mourn in Zion, give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise the former desolations, repair ruined cities, this desolation of many generations. There is a, there's a progression in Father's purpose for blessing. Here it is, number one. It's a generational pattern. Number one, the first thing is we must receive blessing. We must receive blessing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, anointed me to hear, to preach the gospel, heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free. Every one of us must come to the Lord for help to bring resolution to things in our lives. Holy Spirit moves to bring salvation. He moves to bring heart healing. He moves to bring deliverance. He moves to put vision in your life. This is what He wants to do. These are things we receive. So before you can become a blessing, you must receive something from God. When you've received deliverance from a demonic spirit, you now have authority in there, can govern in there, and produce fruit in that area. Get the idea, see? So, so that's the first thing. So, so God desires we stay in a regular flow of receiving and then overflowing. Now, here's the second thing it says in verse 3. To comfort those who mourn in Zion, give them beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Here's the second thing or the second stage. God wants you to become something. He wants you to become sons and daughters that represent Him. He wants to bring exchanges in your life. See, notice the exchanges there to comfort. Them. Comfort. So in other words, we experience. In the Bible, the word comfort means God comes alongside me. He is with me. I'm strengthened mightily in my inner man. He wants to put joy in my life. That's a joy that flows out from inside. It's got nothing to do with what's outside. It's a joy inside. It's a joy that only the Holy Ghost can give. 
He wants to put it in your life. When you've got joy in your life, when you've been set free from that heavy yoke of burden, your life is different. Your life is much different, very much more different. Come on, He wants to put beauty in your life. He wants you to make you an attractive person, not because you look good, but because there's something of life inside you. And then He wants you to become, He wants you to become a tree of righteousness. That word is a mighty oak, someone who is stable, someone who has got strength, someone who lives right. So God, we receive blessings so we might become something to Him. So when people look at you, they say, what a work God has done in you. But it doesn't end there. He goes on and here's the last part. You will do something. So God doesn't just want to bless you. He wants you to become a blessing. Look what He says. Look what He says. And they, that's those who have received from God the blessing in various forms. Those who have allowed Him to cause Him to grow. It says, they shall rebuild and raise up and repair. Notice those words. We're engaged in building. We're engaged in repairing. We're engaged in restoring. If you're a child of God, you're not just to turn up to church and just turn up to a service. That's not what it is about. It's about becoming a son and daughter of God who represents Him, who is a builder with God, who is a repairer. You've got people around you to help repair. You've got people to build. You've got something to put your hand to and overflow. There's meant to be an overflow. There's meant to be an overflow. What is it? Repair the desolations. That's the word meaning to be stunned or horrified. I have sat sometimes stunned to hear family stories. Stunned at what has happened. And he's saying when family has been desolate because of hidden spiritual activity and sin, we are called to repair it and restore it and build something different. So wherever you've come from, you are the one God chose to bring an end to the desolation caused by cursings and, and illegal and, and, and ungodly activity. You are the one that God wants you to stand as the representative of the family and bring the sin to the cross so justice can be administered and deliverance can take place. He wants you not just to bring an end to that ungodly legacy. He wants you to build a different future in your family, to build something different to think through what does God require. Don't follow the patterns of your parents if your parents blew up and divorced. Clearly, that's not blessing, that's cursing. Yeah. You need to say that they've been under spiritual powers, they made mistakes. I don't know why they didn't, I'm not judging them, but I wanna bring that iniquity to the cross. And I wanna build something different, so I need to learn from God how I can lead my home, how we can build as a couple, how we can build something different for the next generation. There is such a need, and I appeal to young ones and young couples and young families, that you don't just carry on and, and, and don't deal with stuff, but you actually deal with the hidden roots in the background and you be a deliverer, a judge, someone who brings the issues to the cross and then brings deliverance to your own life, deliverance to your next generation. And not only that, if you can do that in your own family, in your own life, in your own legacy that you're building, you qualify to do it to others. You qualify to help others. 
there are people throughout our community need to hear about Jesus Christ, about the power of the Spirit to heal and to set free and to deliver. You're in a church that does these things. How would you explain to God that you never ever put any of it into practice? How would you answer him when he said, I put you in a church which was reasonably unique in that there was the ministry of healing of the hearts and deliverance, but you never applied it to yourself. Or if you did, you just kept it for yourself. It was never meant just for you. It was meant you could bring hope and help to others. We are called to be a blessing. With great blessing comes great responsibility. And I want us to be aware of that. This is the hour for us to become more vocal, to become stronger in spirit. It's the hour to deal with the compromises in our hearts and become free. You say, man, come on, why don't we just give the Lord a clap? Let's give the Lord a clap right now. Jesus, we honor you. You've made a way for us. You made a way for us to be blessed, to come out of bondage and into blessing. Lord, we honor you today. We honor you today. Come on, let's stand to our feet. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're living a life that's struggling without joy, without peace, separated from God, this would be the day to come to the front and make a decision. I don't want to live in that place of bondage, that place of sitting down and passive and struggling in defeat. I want to live in freedom. Jesus, I want to receive you today. If that's you, make your way to the front today. I want to receive Jesus Christ. I want to become a child of God. I want to be positioned for blessing. I want to break the cycle in my past and have a new beginning. God offers you a new beginning today. If that's you, make your way to the front right now and say, Jesus, I need you. I want to be saved today. If there's someone here today and you're struggling with an area of bondage in your heart, you say, God, today I want to be free. Make your way to the front right now. It may be a fear. It may be an oppression. It may be much deeper than that. Something that goes right back into your past. You say, God, I'm going to make a step today to deal with it. I won't stay in that place of bondage to your enemies and my enemies. Lord, today there's freedom. I want to receive that freedom. Would you do that? Come, 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 come right to the front. Come right to the front. There's many today. God is wanting to touch you and bring freedom. Remember, if you don't overflow with blessing, soon you retreat into bondage. If you don't overflow with blessing, soon you retreat into yourself and then into bondage to some old sin. Today, if you've done that, say, God, today, I want out. I want to break free of that. Perhaps with some, you've been caught up with sexual sin, caught up with alcohol, whatever it is. You say, God, today, I want to be free. Today, I want to be free of that. Help me, Jesus. I'm coming to you today. I realize today the compromises I have made. Lord, today, I'm coming because I want to be free. Come on, there's many others today. Many others today. Some of you, secret addictions. You say, Jesus, I want to be free today. I don't want to live in bondage. I want to walk in blessing. Perhaps there's some of you today and you've allowed offense to get in your heart. You've retreated and withdrawn. You say, Jesus, I don't want to shrink back. And Lord, stop blessing others. Today I come to deal with that issue. Perhaps you've 
had someone betray your trust. You say, Jesus, I drew back. Lord, the river stopped flowing. Today I'm coming to deal with that. Come, 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 come. Please come. Please come. There's many today. Don't hold back. Say, Jesus, I'm not in a place of life. I'm not in a place of blessing and flow of life. I need you. Come, Lord. Help me. Perhaps as some of you, you've lost your joy. Something's happened. You've become oppressed. You say, Jesus, I don't want to stay in that bondage. I want to come into the blessing of Holy Ghost joy, Holy Ghost life. Perhaps some of you have lost your peace. You're in trouble and anxiety and fear. Come, 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 come. Let the Holy Spirit come on you. Come on, worship Him. Let's worship Him. If you're watching online, this is the moment for God to touch you too. What He does here, He will do for you. Can we have some leaders come? Ministry team people come. Get ready to pray for people. Just get ready to pray for people. But don't stop praying yet. Come on, let's worship Him. Oh, amen. We, we say amen, Lord. and you make a response your first response is God I want to repent and confess to you where I've compromised my life where I've allowed something to get in that shouldn't be there that is the first thing to do we must deal with the issue of justice of dealing with sin and bringing it to the cross someone hurt you bring your unforgiveness to the cross bring your grief to the cross just do it quietly right now what is it you have been overcome by? Name it and bring it to the cross right now. Is there someone to forgive? Forgive them. Is there something to let go of? Just let it go. Talk about it to the Lord. His presence is here. His presence is here. Now, I'm going to lead you through a corporate prayer. It's reasonably general in the way we pray. But the power of God will come on that issue that you spoke to him of now. I will lead you in a corporate prayer. At the end of the corporate prayer, begin to worship, and the ministry team will come and lay hands on you. When they come to you, stop praying and just speak if you need to what the issue is, and they will minister to you. So church, let's just pray together. I want you to follow me right now. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I declare Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. Jesus has redeemed me from all cursing and positioned me for blessing, for every blessing. Today, Lord, I turn away from every compromise, every sin, everything that has caused me bondage. I turn to you, the living God, 
I bring this to the cross. I ask forgiveness and the cleansing of the blood. And I ask, Lord, today, you deliver me from every oppressive spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free. Thank you, Lord, for your hand on my life. Now, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's begin to pray and worship the Lord together. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I break the hold of witchcraft and tormenting spirits. I command you to go in Jesus' name. Lord, we release your power to touch people. Thank you, Lord. Ministry team, please pray for people. Rest of the church, please just engage in worship and reaching a hand out. Thank you, Lord.